This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Well, today we continue in our series called Building a Better Future. In these lessons, Pastor Rick shares how we can build a foundation for a better future by following the examples of leaders in the Bible who followed God's calling to rebuild after a time of captivity. Well, you've probably noticed the more grateful a person is, the happier they are. That's the power of gratitude. But it's not always easy to feel grateful. That's why Pastor Rick developed a great new resource called The Power of Gratitude. Go to PastorRick.com to find out more or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part two of a message called Enlisting Support for Your Dream. What happens in the next few verses is Nehemiah's fact-finding mission. Nehemiah secretly led a research party at night. He didn't do this when everybody was watching. At night, to go out and to personally inspect the walls and gates of Jerusalem. He didn't depend on secondhand knowledge for his dream. He did, he did his own research. Good leaders do their own research. He, he learned all he could about what he was getting ready to, to, to start, his dream, before he started. He's gathering information. He's assessing the size of the problem uh, as an eyewitness before he says anything. You need to do the same thing with any dream that God gives you. Nehemiah chapter two, verse 12 and 13, Nehemiah says this. I set out during the night with a few men. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. He evidently had a donkey. And he said, by night, I went out through the valley gate toward the dragon well and the dung gate to inspect all the broken down walls of Jerusalem and the city gates, which had been destroyed by fire. Now, during this research step, do your homework. Nehemiah didn't want to attract attention to what he was doing. So he goes out in the middle of the night. This is his midnight ride. You've heard of the midnight ride of Paul Revere if you're an American. Well, Nehemiah has a midnight ride around Jerusalem. Now, I'm sure some of you, by the way, are dying to ask me, Rick, why was one of the gates of Jerusalem called the Dung Gate? Well, why do you think? (laughs) Okay, Dung happens, all right? Nehemiah verses 14 and 15 goes on. Then I moved on to the Fountain Gate and the King's Pool. But there was so much rubble, there wasn't even enough room for my donkey to get through. So so I went up the valley by night. He goes outside the wall, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered at the valley gate. Now, what's what's going on here? He is surveying the damage in a war zone. It's like going out and surveying the field after a battle. Now, this is the unglamorous, lonely part of leadership nobody ever hears about. It's when you're studying the situation in the middle of the night when everybody else is asleep. And when Nehemiah studied the situation, it was bad. Did you notice that there was so much rubble and ruin piled up that at one point, Nehemiah had to dismount, get off his donkey in order to get through a tight spot just by himself. That's how bad the rubble was in Jerusalem. Now, every leader can imagine what Nehemiah is feeling right now. He's going, the size of this project, 
and the severity of the problem is sinking in as he surveys the damage around the city. And he's probably thinking, it's far worse than I thought. And it's a lot more complicated than I ever imagined. And I have never built anything in my life. Why in the world am I here? But God had put a dream in his heart. And he'd come this far in faith. And he's not giving up. So he waits for the right time to even start the project and even talk about it. Then he does his research. He does his homework. Here's the third thing he does in advance before he announces the goal. Protect the dream from premature death. When God puts a dream in your heart, you need to not just go share it with everybody willy-nilly at any time, any way. Don't be in a hurry. Let me tell you this from experience. Don't be in a hurry to announce your dream so quickly. You want to protect your dream. Dreams can be destroyed very quickly. They're fragile when they first spring up. So don't be in a hurry to announce your dream so quickly. Ecclesiastes 3, 7 says this. There's a time to be silent and there's a time to speak. Now, you're not ready to announce your dream until your body is rested, the research is invested, the information is digested, and the idea has been tested, okay? Verse 16 says this, the local officials did not know where I'd gone or what I was doing because I had said nothing yet to the people or the priests or the nobles or the officials or anyone else who would be doing the work. What's he doing? He's protecting the dream from premature death. Verse 12, he said, I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do. Now, why, why is he doing this? Why is Nehemiah being so secretive about his survey and about the dream that God has put in his heart? Because he doesn't want the project to be killed even before it got started. You see, the background is there had been 90 years of negativism in Jerusalem. And two previous times, somebody else had attempted to rebuild the wall and they failed. He didn't want people going, oh, we tried that. We tried it a couple times and it, it'll never happen. It, we've always done it this way. We've always lived this way. All of the citizens of Jerusalem felt discouraged and defeated and probably even apathetic. They had gotten used to living in rubble. They had gotten used to living in ruins for 90 years. Besides, Nehemiah didn't have all the facts yet that he needed. Let me ask you this question. Is it easier to promote a good idea or kill a good idea? <laughs> it's kind of obvious. H have you noticed that negative people tend to be more vocal and louder than positive people? And there were certainly far more negative people living in the rubble than there were positive people living in that rubble of Jerusalem. They had become jaded, apathetic to their situation, feeling that it would never change. Now, some of you may be feeling that right now. And, and you're thinking, my situation will never change. <laughs> you don't know what God knows. And you don't realize what God can do so quickly. So I said, Nehemiah accomplished in 52 days what others had not done in 90 years. Now, after Nehemiah had taken these first three preparation steps in Jerusalem, he is now ready to unveil his dream. And how he did it and what he said and the way he said it 
was brilliant. So these next six steps are the same thing that you need to say when you're trying to enlist support for something you want to do, for, for your dream, for your God-given vision in life. And if you'll follow precisely what Nehemiah did in Nehemiah chapter two and say what Nehemiah said, you will find a receptive audience. All right, here's what you say to enlist support when you're trying to get other people to care about what you care about, to do what you know needs to be done. You see something out there in the world, this needs to change, this is not right. How are you gonna get other people to help you? Here's step four. Talk about we, not me. Talk about we, not me. You wanna create community. The words you use, it's not my dream, here's what I'm gonna do. Now think about this. Nehemiah is an outsider. He had never lived in Jerusalem. His parents had, probably, but he had never lived in Jerusalem. But even though he's an outsider, he talks like an insider. He talks about we, us, not me, my, and I. In verse 17, now I said to them, you can see the trouble we are in. Circle the word we. You can see the trouble we are in. Come let us, circle us, rebuild. Now what's he doing with these words? He's identifying with the people. He says we, not me. He says us, not I. He's building community. Great leaders create a team for the dream. Nehemiah doesn't arrive in Jerusalem saying, you guys are all a bunch of losers. Uh, you're living in a heap of rubble, defenseless, and you've given up, and you've become apathetic, and, and you're used to living like a failure. No, he doesn't, he doesn't put the blame on them. Now listen, there are gonna be many times in your life where you're gonna, have to, you're gonna see a problem, and you're gonna have to choose between fixing the blame or fixing the problem. Anytime you blame others, you lower their motivation. Anytime you accept the blame, you increase the motivation. Now, you, you've heard me say this so many times. You spell blame, be lame. Anytime you blame, you're being lame. Nehemiah doesn't play the role of an outside expert coming in here to tell everybody what a bad job they've been doing. He doesn't say, I'm gonna be your savior, and I'm gonna fix everything for you. Instead, he says, I'm one of you. This is our problem. And together, I know that we can succeed this time because God is with us. To accomplish your dream, you have to identify with the feelings of other people, and you must draw them in, offering to help them accomplish something they've always wanted. You create a sense of community. This is what leadership's all about. Now we come to the next step. When you create community, you talk about we, not me. Number five, the next thing you do when you're trying to help people get on board, you paint a picture of what needs to be changed. Paint a picture of what needs to change. You know, you've probably heard the expression, I'll believe it, when I see it. You know, that's actually true, but in a different way that the phrase is given. It is actually true, you'll believe it when you see it. Nothing great is ever accomplished with people until they see it in their minds for the first time. You have to see it in your mind first. 
before you can accomplish it. Whether you're an architect building a building or an entrepreneur building a business or you're a teacher planning a lesson or you're a chef cooking a meal or you're a leader leading change or you're a parent working with your kids, you have to see it in your mind and then you have to get others to see it, the end result in their mind before it happens. So you got to paint a picture. Nehemiah graphically and dramatically painted a picture of how bad the problem was. Remember, these people are apathetic. They, they've been living in this rubble for years. In fact, he didn't minimize it. He emphasized it. The second part of verse 17 says, you can see, circle that, all the trouble that we're in. You can see. He's saying, he's getting them the picture that's the problem. Now, why? Because they're not seeing it anymore. When you live around something long enough, it's human nature that you start uh, ignoring it. When you live with a bad situation, you start by justifying it, and then you rationalize it, and then you ignore it, and then you become apathetic about it. I remember years ago, we had a mirror in our bathroom, and it got cracked. And I don't know why it got cracked, but it just did. And when I first saw it, it really bugged me. We got to get this mirror fixed. We got, it really, really bothered me. A week later, we hadn't gotten it fixed. It still bothered me, but not as much. Two weeks later, it didn't bother me hardly at all. And six months later, it was still there. Why? Because we become comfortable with the ruin and the rubble in our lives. This happens in a lot of marriages. Status quo is Latin for the mess we're in. You become satisfied and apathetic with less than the best. Now, if you're going to enlist support for your dream, you're going to have to create some discontent with the current situation first. And then you're going to have to picture how it could be better. That's why this series is called Building a Better Future. Nehemiah is getting them to face the facts because he first researched the facts and things weren't good. Things were bad, but he would paint a picture of a better future. Now, change, listen, never occurs until we become discontent. So if you want to create change in your home, in your marriage, in your family, in your school, in your work, if you want to create change in your office, in your community, in your country, in the world, you have to paint a picture of how it could be better. Okay? You get, create discontent and show how it could be better. Now, along with this comes step six, Nehemiah's brilliant plan. Appeal to people's hearts. That's the sixth thing you do when you're trying to enlist support for a vision, a dream, or a goal, or a project. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Now, if you'd like to receive Rick's free daily devotional, go to PastorRick.com and sign up right now. You'll get hope and encouragement from Pastor Rick delivered to your inbox every day. Rick will be back to close out our time today. But first, did you know experts have discovered that gratitude is the healthiest human emotion? It makes you more resistant to stress and increases your overall happiness and satisfaction. You've probably noticed the more grateful a person is, the happier they are. That's the power of gratitude. 
In fact, the Bible tells us, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. It's clear that God wants us to develop the attitude of gratitude. That's why Pastor Rick developed a brand new Bible study called The Power of Gratitude. This innovative Bible study is filled with scripture, teaching, exercises, quotes, prayers, and journal pages. And as you go through the study, you'll discover many and often unique things you have to be grateful for every day. You'll develop a lifelong habit of expressing gratitude to God, a habit that leads to true happiness and satisfaction. We'll send you Pastor Rick's Power of Gratitude Bible Study when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take God's Word to people around the world. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy of this great resource. That's PastorRick.com or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. And thanks so very much for your support. Here's Pastor Rick with a letter from one of our listeners. Today, I want to share with you a very special testimony from one of our listeners named Marquita. And thanks to Daily Hope and your support, she recently asked Jesus Christ to be the leader of her life. Here's her story. So, Pastor Rick, I I wanted to let you know that I have prayed the prayer of salvation that you included in the Deepening the Eyes of Faith message. I've been listening to your messages for years. In fact, my child wouldn't even be here today if it weren't for your words. You wrote, there may be accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. Well, I've given birth to a beautiful baby girl, and she's the light of my life. In fact, it now hurts to remember a time that I was fighting to decide whether I was going to have her or not. But I repeated your words throughout my pregnancy. There are accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. And although I'm a single mom today with the support of my family, we're thriving. I want to make sure that she grows up to find her purpose and to serve God. So thanks for renewing my faith in God. And as I still try to find and fulfill my purpose, please pray for me and my child. Wow. Marquita, uh, you are so right. God does have a plan and a purpose for every single baby. There are no accidental babies. So I want to take a moment right now and just pray for you in this broadcast. I pray for you and for your daughter. Lord, I'm asking you right now to put your hand of protection, your hand of blessing, your hand of guidance on Marquita and her daughter. And I'm praying for both of them to know your purpose to feel your presence, to discover your power, to live in your plan for each of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to let Rick know how this broadcast has blessed you, please feel free to send him an email at rick at pastorrick.com. That's rick at pastorrick.com. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.